Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, let's get uh, some information a little closer to home. There's uh, lots to talk about what's happening here locally in Hamilton. Let's bring in Dr. Bart Harvey, Associate Medical Officer of Health, City of Hamilton, and with us now. Doctor, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Hi, Scott. Bart here. Thanks for taking the time, Doctor. Greatly appreciate it. I want to take this time to, and I don't know how you, if you can pass this along, but from all of us that are watching you people work so hard from afar and keep us all healthy, just thank you so much to you and your staff. Uh, we are certainly see everybody bring their best game on days like this, aren't we? Well, I'm, I'm totally inspired by our staff and the efforts they're putting in and the expertise and the passion towards it and all of the support. We very much... Uh, very much appreciate that, and this is what public health is for. Um, or this is the this is the kind of instance where all of a sudden we become visible. I mean, we're we're working hard all the time, but uh, you know, as we always say, if uh, if if the public's health is well, then public health should kind of be in the background, and we should be invisible. It's only when we get this uh, fun little creature that decides to come visit us that. Um, that public comes, public health comes out and becomes uh, more public. All right, let's give us an update on what is happening in Hamilton. What can you tell us about cases and such? Can you give us any update there? So I will, but can I? Can I? Uh, and you've probably already done it, but staying in the police, don't stand too close to me. Yes. Have you, have you done that one yet? It's on the list. It's on the list. It's coming, Bart. Okay, so that we'll, that, we'll, we'll probably have that now. We'll probably have that one a little earlier on next week. But, yes, we will run those. All, oh, I'm sorry, for the course of the day for all requests uh, Friday. By absolute, uh, Absolutely, we will play that for all of the uh, medical staff in Hamilton today. Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, and for all Hamiltonians, the six-foot safety zone. We want everybody to, to protect everyone else's six-foot safety zone and protect your own because we know this virus is, it, 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 it's not an Olympic athlete. It, can, it, can't, it can't traverse more than six feet or two meters, whichever kind of measurement system you're, you're into. And, of course, you can contaminate surfaces, so the virus can be on surfaces. So we're you know, strongly recommending any frequently used surfaces, disinfect those. So if the virus happens to be there, get the virus off it so that you can't you know, inadvertently inoculate somebody else or yourself and keep your hands away from your, your face. Uh, doctor, um, on that note, we're at, I, think, um, I think we're probably just about ready to update our website as far as numbers. Uh, my understanding is we are now uh, currently at 50 cases in Hamilton. Um, the vast majority of these folks are, um, there's, they're they're definitely ill. Um, they're de- they're ill like a, quote, a you know a respiratory illness. They're they're self isolating at home. Um, we've started to uh, clear some of the earlier cases. They've gone through the 14 day period that's being required by the province, and they're they don't have a fever anymore. They're feeling better. So we're starting to you know on our website people will see. The, uh, the number for resolved, so those are cases that have now cleared. Um, we're starting, that's gone beyond zero, and I think on our first day we had three, and each day we will have additional folks that our staff will reach out to, get a, get a final update on how they're feeling and making sure that they're clear. Um, I think, you know, I've kind of described that 
this infection seems to be kind of in what I picture as being a third phase. The first phase was largely the cases we were seeing were people coming back from international travel, um, some of them being clustered in, uh, you know, a group of people that had come off the uh, Celebrity Summit uh, cruise. I think it was out of Puerto Rico. I think it landed in the end of the first week in March. Waterloo had a couple of cases. Huron uh, Bruce had a couple of cases. I think we've had six or seven cases that came off that cruise ship. Um, and then we kind of moved into the notion of people who were uh, being diagnosed with, uh, with the infection who had connections. A lot of them were family members. We know, you know, we've known since December, the word out of China was, a lot of the cases in China were clustered in families. And what we know about this virus is it takes prolonged close contact to be infected. So it's not just kind of like, oh, I passed them in the aisle in the grocery store. While that might be possible, that just doesn't seem to be consistent with what we're seeing. And then the third phase, which we're now into, is we're having a growing number of individuals. And I think it's understandable as, as the virus kind of enters the community, um, the, you know, the places where it's being transmitted and where people are picking it up. We no longer have travel history. We no longer have direct contact. Um, so we, we're now seeing more and more individuals that we're deeming as, you know, it was acquired through community transmission or community spread, which, again, we're totally used to because every year that's how influenza kind of comes to our community, the, the vast majority of the, what is it now, over 1,600 people in Hamilton this year have been diagnosed with a lab test with influenza, and the vast majority of them, if we went to ask them, you know, do you know, like, were you in contact with somebody, they'd say, I have no clue, and we won't either. With COVID-19, we're now there, too, that we're seeing you know, the virus is being transmitted in the community. People are, you know, we still want people physical distancing. Um, and really what we're trying to do is we're trying to slow down the number of people who get infected so that we don't find ourselves where, where Italy is. That, um, you know, we want to spread out the number of people who ultimately are going to get infected with this virus, but we want it to happen in kind of a controlled fashion so that our colleagues in the hospital and the rest of the healthcare system, you know, that finite resource can can provide support, provide care, and not be overwhelmed by massive numbers of these folks. So that's why, you know, people doing their own thing, washing your hands 20, 20 seconds, warm, warm soapy water, um, keeping that six-foot safety zone to not let the virus have an opportunity to jump from one person to another so that we can try to slow down the number of infections, try to keep it within controlled numbers. But we know and we expect, I mean, nobody was, nobody knew this virus, so none of us had immunity to it. And we know that for individuals and for communities to be able to fight off viruses, we don't really have effective medications. Mm. So we, and we don't have a vaccine at this point. So, you know, we need, we need people to get infected with it so that both individually and as a community, we can build up strength and build up the ability to fight it off. We have heard a recent report that an employee at the Barton Street Jail had tested positive. How concerned are you when we hear stories like this? 
Um, I don't think you need to be concerned at all about hearing that anybody's been infected with the virus. As I just said, same with healthcare and nurse. Inevitable. It's it's not if people are going to get infected with the virus, Scott. It's how many in how short a period of time. The concept of elongating the curve, or more frequently, people talk about flattening the curve. For me, it's both things is that notion of spreading out the number of of infections. So for the the Barton Street, the Hamilton Detention Center, we're working closely with their staff um, and their inmates through the staff and um, identifying individuals who may have had close contact with that individual, asking them to self-isolate for 14 days so that anyone who might have gotten the virus from that individual is isolated away. So if they become symptomatic, we're minimizing the risk that they can transmit the virus to yet another person. Because our main objective here is to try to, um, you know, decrease the possibility of transmission from person to person. We know we're not going to be perfect. Quite frankly, we don't want to be perfect because that'll leave all of us totally susceptible. Um, but, you know, being able to kind of control the amount of infection that happens. So like the Barton Street um, Jail and, and lots of other places, every time we find a person who tests positive, we're working with them, working with the people around them. In a case like an employer, like the uh, detention center, working with the management and the staff there to put every possible way in place so, again, we can decrease the risk of the virus being transmitted to other people. We certainly know that at the beginning of all of this, the younger generation wasn't taking this too seriously. We're now hearing about other young cases and that. Uh, That being said, your thoughts on the story involving uh, a McDonald's restaurant in Hamilton, which we know uh, someone was reported as having COVID-19, therefore set in a pile of procedure that eventually closed the store. Now that it turns out that person didn't test or wasn't uh, suffering and that this was sort of a hoax kind of thing. Any words as to the seriousness of all of this and, and how we just can't take this lightly? Yeah, and no, nobody did, Scott. Um, so when we were notified uh, about that, we immediately reach out because for us, it's, it's like we're looking at Hamilton cases and we're thinking, do we know about that? Now, the way health units work is we all work by where somebody lives. So, you know, our first response was, okay, maybe maybe they work in Hamilton, but they live somewhere else. So let's reach out to our other colleagues and other health units. Let's try to identify that individual and reach out to them and find out who they are and where they were tested and where they live so we can figure out, is it Niagara, is it Halton, is it Guelph, is it Waterloo, like where is it? Um, and then I think as, as we went through our usual processes and uh, to try to identify, again, as I've alluded to with the Barton Street Jail, uh, you know, um, even an alleged positive result like this one initially was and was for a couple of days, um, certainly the employer being a, a food provider, an international food provider, um, they assumed that the information they had was correct and they moved and took actions again that were totally consistent with reducing the ability or the probability that the virus could be transmitted. So the possibility that other coworkers 
had been exposed and they might be incubating the virus and, and in a few days they might be able to transmit it. And then when we finally tracked it down, um, unfortunately, it was, you know, we identified um, and, and working with, uh, you know, professional investigator sources that, in fact, you know, this really wasn't a positive test, but this was um, an individual that had uh, had done that. It's unfortunate that there were a, a bunch of resources from many places, certainly the food establishment, uh, rightfully, but in retrospect, didn't need to close down for the number of days they did, but they did the right thing, and I applaud them for doing that. And uh, I guess I would, uh, I would, I would highlight that, you know, this is, this is an important enough thing, by all means, if you're not feeling well, get tested. Um, but I guess it's like the a little older individual a while back that was in the middle of an, a mid-air flight and disclosed, and that flight was over yeah. Florida, and they had to turn around and come back to Pearson in Toronto and land, and that individual also was arrested for, you know, causing the mayhem that they had caused by their really irresponsible actions. It's like yelling fire, isn't it? Well, fortunately, nobody ran. So I think yeah. the notion of yelling fire in a, in a movie theater, people's natural reaction is to um, move as quickly as possible to the exits, and you, you run the risk that others around will be injured. Um, I think in this, I'm not sure that anybody else suffered ill health because of it, but certainly it caused... Um, you know, the food establishment, McDonald's, uh, our staff, other staff, um, the investigating uh, agencies, lots of time and effort and, aid and energy that, quite frankly, we're not overwhelming with. So we would rather be able to kind of spend those energies and attention where we really need to rather than essentially what was chasing down a hoax. Doctor, we're heading into another weekend of uh, self-distancing and isolation. Your thoughts, advice for people? We've got uh, about 30 seconds left. Yeah, sure. I mean, we've had discussions. You know, even people that are in self-isolation, my advice to them would be that, um, you know, we, we need to take care of our own well-beings. I'm looking out my window at my home office also, Scott, and I see sunshine here. So it's that six-foot yep. safety zone. So if you're in self-isolation, go really out of your way to make sure that nobody gets into your six-foot safety zone. Make sure you don't get into And for all the rest of us, the same. But go for a walk. Go for a bike ride. Um, you know, visit with friends, but visit with them maintaining the six-foot safety zone. Again, job one is decreasing the risk of transmitting this virus and we know that it's not an olympian it can't jump more than two meters so stay outside of two meters you're perfectly safe and again cleaning down the surfaces if you're in self-isolation avoid places where you might come close to surfaces that other people might might touch but it's springtime let's uh you know let's we my personal view is mental well-being, social well-being is important. Hamilton is a wonderful, strong, caring community, and, and let's keep doing that. Let's keep caring for one another, looking out for one another, and, and looking out for ourselves as well, Scott. Dr. Part Harvey has been with us, Associate Medical Officer of Health City of Hamilton. Doctor, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Take care, and thank you again for all your staff and all the hard work that you do. Scott, my pleasure. The 
Scott Thompson Show. Weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.